Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, welcome back to the New Work Revolution podcast. This is Brandon Allen. And today I want to talk a little bit about your ideal customer. And that's something that gets tossed around in business a lot. You know, who's your ideal client? Who's your ideal customer? Who's the person that you most want to work with? And I think there's a, a misconception around why we want to find an ideal client and what that represents. And sometimes when I talk to people about this, they get a little uncomfortable because they're wondering if what I'm really asking is, who are the rich people that you know that can afford you giving them a more expensive product or service? The reality is that's not really what finding your ideal client is all about. It's not for the elite, but it is for people who resonate with your brand of doing business. And when we look at business, the one thing that's different across different businesses, and I don't care if you're a dentist or a chiropractor or a plumber or whatever it is that you do, everyone does that a little bit differently. So you could put five business consultants in a room or business coaches in a room, and we're all going to approach business a little bit differently. Our angle of approach is going to be different. How we think through problems is going to be different. How we recognize solutions is going to be different. It's just different. And what we want to do as business owners is find the people who resonate with what our human life value is, what our purpose is, how we really create value for people, and are cool with the way that we do it, the style, the the brand with which we do it. And if I think about my own business, I've recognized that my business over the years is not for everyone. So for instance, if you're going to be someone who's offended by a swear word or two during a coaching conversation or at one of my workshops, man, you're going to hate working with me. In fact, I had someone at one point tell me that they were offended when I used the word hell in a talk that I did. But then later they asked, well, hey, how do I work with you? And I said, well, we don't. And the guy looked at me very perplexed. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I don't think we're a good fit. Because if you are offended by that, I know I'm going to say something else that's going to offend you even more. And I don't want to work with someone that's that sensitive to that. Now, if that's your deal, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I just don't want to have to worry about that and interface with that on an ongoing basis. And this is something that I have recognized over the years as being so important. And I'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast about how that's shown up for me. Now, when we talk about concepts like mission, vision, and values and why these things are so important, when I know where I'm going, when I know why I exist, when I know what is important to me, and I have my set of values that I'm ruthlessly committed to, it makes it easier for me to identify the kind of person that's going to resonate with that. And if you look at companies who've done this well over the years, companies like Zappos, Apple, Whole Foods, Smart Car, they have a specific message and a specific brand and a specific set of values that people just resonate they they resonate with it. Certain people just look at that or they see it and they identify themselves with that. And that's what we want to do. And it's not about money per se. It's about people believing in what we do. So that's really the first point I want to make with finding your ideal client. What you're looking for is believers. 
I want believers. And sometimes I get on a sales conversation with someone and I know immediately that they're not a believer in what I do and in how it works. They're not a believer that it it could work for their life. They feel like their story is so important and ingrained and so challenging that no one can overcome it. They're stuck in their own story. So if you're not a believer, I'm probably going to walk away from that situation and realize that you're not committed to the change. You're committed to your story, but you're not committed to moving past that story and creating a new story for yourself. You just haven't made that commitment. In your own business, you want to look for believers who believe in what you do. And that's not rich people or people who can afford to spend more. They're people who are willing to spend more because they value what you do at that level and they value how you do it. The second thing, people that resonate with you, your ideal client, they will do what it takes to participate in what you do. They'll do what it takes. They won't make excuses like I can't afford it or I don't have time. A believer recognizes what you do and they're inspired by it and they're just going to make it happen. And I had this conversation at a workshop that I was leading just this past weekend. And I had someone ask me, hey, this is what I need, but I don't know that I can really afford it. And I asked them the question, well, how long have you been stuck in this crazy cycle? They're like over and over again. Okay, great. When do we get out of it, right? We've got to create a pattern interrupt and do something different. We've got to make a commitment somewhere. And typically that means making a commitment with our time or our money so that we can have a different result in our life. People who are followers and believers of what you do, they're going to make those same commitments. They're going to commit their time. They're going to commit their money. They're going to commit their energy to participating in what you do. And in the end, as you think about your ideal client, think about this. It's all about getting people results. The reason why I want to understand who the person is that I want to work with that will do well is because I want people to get a result. When I first started coaching and consulting, we let anyone in that wanted to get coaching and consulting. And over the years, I've recognized who's a good fit and who's not a good fit. I've recognized that over time. And now what we didn't have in 2008 and 2009 and 2010, we did not have a good screening process for people coming in. We just didn't. We got on the phone. We listened to them. Oh, hey, great. They got a problem. We can solve it. Let's do it. Now we dig a little bit deeper. Now we ask some other questions of people to really get to the root and the heart of where they think, how committed and willing they are to make changes so that they can get the results that we're looking for. And this really, this situation really smacked me in the face in a real way about three or four years ago when I had someone that I was trying to enroll in coaching call me up and they said, hey, I talked to this guy at an event and he said, your program sucks. And I thought, man, okay, I'm trying to think of, you know, who that could have been. And so I said, hey, well, who did you talk to? And he's like, oh, well, I talked to so-and-so. And I said, awesome. I said, hey, did that guy also tell you that he only did one call with me? And then I never talked to him again. And he's like, oh, no, he didn't bring that up. And I said, well, look, from his viewpoint, of course my program sucked. But my program doesn't work if you don't do it, if you don't invest your time and effort and energy into it. That really showed me how important it is to screen for the right people that are ready to make the commitment to the result and that you know that you can get a result for. 
Now, within our coaching process, we're very selective about who we bring in and who we work with because we want to work with people who are going to get results. This is why when you get on a sales call with me, I do not use a high-pressure sales tactic to get you in. If you say you're in, awesome. If you say you're out, hey, that sounds great too. Best of luck to you. We'll talk to you before. Now, if someone says, hey, I'll talk to you in six months or a year, I say that's great. Although I also know that we're probably not going to do business together because the time is now. Either we close the deal today or we probably won't work together in the future. Now, that's not to say that that's never happened, but it rarely does happen. So we want to be really committed to getting people results. We want to be picky about who we work with and we want to screen well in the process. And that's what finding your ideal client is all about. It's all about having those believers that are now willing to participate in what you do at a high level and not utilize excuses for why they can't. And there are people that ultimately will get results from what you do and they will appreciate that. And now when I've got a lot of people out there that have gotten results because I've been more picky about that, now I start to get referrals. Now I get people calling me asking me to speak on stage. Now I get people asking me to collaborate with them in a book or do different things like that that now supports my business at a higher level. And that business starts to build because of the reputation that we've made for ourselves. But when we work with everyone, now the, the information that gets out there is mixed results and things happen. Now we've gotten really good at screening and we've gotten really good that if someone does get through the gatekeeper. And then later we recognize they're not a good fit. We're good at recognizing when that person is a good fit, when it's time to cut them off from future coaching and just recognize that, Hey, these are some patterns of behavior that we're recognizing that are going to really uh, impede your progress within our coaching. I think it's time to cut this off and part ways as friends right now. So think about your ideal client. How much time have you thought about it? What is it that people really like about you? Have you asked? Are you tapping into that? I think it's really easy as business owners to assume that we know what people want. We know why our value kicks in. But the reality is, is when you have a skill You value the skill. The funny thing is, is people don't value the skill. They value the byproduct of your skill. What is that byproduct that you're bringing to the table for people? And I promise you, it's not what you think it is. I've had a lot of people that I've worked with that have shared things with me over the years where I've thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe you think that's valuable. I would have never thought that piece of coaching or that piece of a workshop or that thing that I said would be a transformative process for you because I value my craft and I think that you know this is so valuable over here with the nuts and bolts of what I do. I forget that there's some byproducts of what we do that are created for people that they really find valuable. So dig in. Don't be afraid to ask for feedback. Don't be afraid to dig into this process. If you don't have a good handle on what this looks like, put that in place. Look for the believers, screen for the believers, and watch your business grow as a result of that. So I want to thank you for listening. If you found this episode valuable, please share it with your friends, family, share it on social media, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. And if you have any questions, comments, or need any support from me, I'm always available at newworkrevolution.com. So I want to thank you again for listening this week, and we'll talk to you again hopefully next week. 
Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.